You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Hey friends, this is just a quick reminder from yours truly to check out dandevall.com. At dandevall.com, you can connect with our podcast, and this is where you can become a podcast patron. Becoming a podcast patron allows us to keep this on the internet. And for $5 a month or more, we'll even give you some benefits, which includes a discount on merchandise. Eventually, we'll be sending out invitations to ask questions on live forum podcasts. You'll get a free course taught by yours truly and early access to podcasts. And when we talk about merchandise, that's also at dandevall.com. And we have all kinds of cool stuff like T-shirts and flip flops, mugs, and tank tops and hats with really cool sayings like, I was not put here to be bullied by a defeated kingdom and other stuff, even bibs for your little kids, mugs and goodies. So support the podcast. Check us out. Thanks. God bless. Those were your announcements. Well, friends, welcome to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. It's a good day to give the devil a bad day. And here to join me do that very thing, my good friend, Jan. Now, uh, you'll remember her because she's joined me on a number of occasions. Obviously, since we have just relaunched the podcast, uh, this will be her first time back with me. But uh, man, have we covered some fun ground and territory. And of course, you can go back and find some of the other recordings that we've done on YouTube and um, or by searching the archives on our podcast channels, whether it's Apple Podcasts or wherever you want to check it out. Jen is a survivor of satanic ritual abuse. She's a survivor of government projects and government-sponsored mind control. She is uh, experienced in the military, some of which she's still working to remember. Uh, lots of experience on both sides of the veil. And today she's joining me to talk about a subject that is um, now coming to the forefront. And it is the subject of essence. And, and, and you know, at, uh, well, at the Bride Ministries Church, I've, I've been preaching on this subject. And it's, it's certainly, uh, <laughs> how do you say, gotten a lot of people intrigued because uh, we, we are nailing this concept to a, to a very simple statement. Essence is life. But the way that this works for folks is way more complex than we ever imagined. And um, it's coming out. And so, Jan, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Dan. Boy, it's really good to be back. It's been a long time, it seems like, since we got to make a podcast, and a lot of work has happened in this last year, so I'm kind of excited to get some of this out there. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you do a great job. People love you. I mean, you're pretty great. And, and here's the thing. Um, 
<laughs> we took over a year off of the podcast, friends. I mean, I, I know many of y'all were very patient with me. And while you missed me, uh, I'm just grateful that you didn't send too many hate emails. Now, to the point, Jan, we're going to dive in on, on, on this subject. Now, now, how does this open up for you? I mean, essence, uh, walk us into the exploration. Well, where to begin? It's a good question. You know, when you uh, invited me, asked me if I would be interested in doing a podcast on Essence, I, I thought, well, I know it's been coming up in my sessions for a very long time, but I'd probably have to go through five or six um, session notes to be able to find all the information. Oh my gosh, it turned out that we have been working on Essence since our second session. I was just shocked. I couldn't believe it. And there's been about 20, 20 at least sessions since then. So phew, I got a lot of notes and I hope we can get through them. But if not, <laughs> well, we might have to do something different. But anyway, um, essence is um, something that came up. Initially, the word just came up and we really didn't pursue it. And then over time, more and more revelation came out about essence. And so uh, now I have some really good notes in just the last year uh, that the Lord has brought through to me on just revelation about what it is, how it operates, how the enemy uses it, and so forth. So um, I just kind of wanted to do a little bit of a review quickly. Please. Uh, in 1995, I went through some massive depro deprogramming and deliverance, and Jesus told me that if I would just follow him, he would show me the way out. And he's the only one that knows the way out of all the programming. And uh, I told all about that in one of my previous podcasts. But uh, I started working with you in 2018, in May of that year. And uh, so that was four years ago. Jesus always leads the way through our sessions. So he's always invited in at the very beginning. And um, a lot of times he shows up, you know, holding something special or a crazy outfit that ties in with what's going to happen in the session. But I never make those connections till the end. He rarely takes a direct pro approach or a path to the answer. So it seems like we just meander all the way through until the very end, and then it all makes sense suddenly. So um, he sometimes he introduces a subject and then he drops it for months before he comes back to it again. Um, and so gradually over time, the whole story emerges eventually. But but sometimes we don't revisit those issues for some time. Um, just to give uh, those of you that are listening a bit of context, especially some of our newer listeners, maybe you're not so familiar with what she's describing. Uh, we do a lot of work uh, to achieve inner healing deliverance and um, wholeness in Christ. And when she talks about working with Jesus, uh, this is based on the promise. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. You know, people think they're not going to see Jesus until they die and go to heaven. Wrong. He's right here with us all the time. And uh, he stands at the door and knocks to him, him who opens up to him. He will come in and sup with him. And he does. He, he will be in an area, we, we say, just beneath the surface. It's really on the inside of a person in their inner world, in their, in their mind and subconscious. And um, we will 
easily interact with him there. And, and Jan will find that he is interacting with her spirit, her soul fragments, her altars, um, and, and, and a whole lot of other things. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll be giving the demons a real bad day. And uh, it, by working with him, we're able to get all kinds of healing and deliverance and, 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 and he'll talk to us. He'll instruct us in things to do. I'm, I'm usually working to ask the right questions or say the prayers at the appropriate time that achieve you know, the breakthroughs and so forth. That's what she's described. And I will say this, she says, you know, sometimes he leaves things off the table for a few weeks or months. Yeah. And sometimes years. I, I have some of the worst cliffhangers of all time, friends. And with Jan in, in, in specific, I, I mean, I'll come back and I'll be like, hey, Jesus, y'all ready to revisit this? No. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, so this, I mean, we go through it, but essence is one of those subjects began coming up a long time ago. We didn't know what to do with it, really kind of just rolled with it. So anyway, I've said my piece, please continue. <laughs> you are so right. Jesus is so delightful. And when he comes, you never know what to expect, but it's always good. And I can't imagine, you know, I was working on my issues over 35 years before I came to get help from Daniel. And, and none of that included Jesus as part of my sessions. And I can tell you, there is, there is no comparison with that work that I did for 35 years and the work I've done in the last four years with Daniel, because uh, between him and Jesus, I, they get the job done every single time. So I kind of wanted to start it with um, that, that second month of sessions that we did back in July of 2018. Seems like a long time ago now. Um, I came across some information about my history that I was used uh, in the astral realm as a um, on a council that was making some determinations about the artwork that they wanted to hang in the Denver airport. And this artwork was going to be used to promote some uh, some plans that they had for the New World Order. And because of the training that I had gotten through the occult and the government through the years, they used me to as a, one of the ones that were um, giving discernment on which pictures would accomplish the goals that they had, the, the message that they wanted to send at a, at a subliminal level. So um, in that session, it came forth that that um, those skills or those gifts or those things that they promoted in me came from the essence. And it was just sort of a passing word. We didn't really pursue it. It was just there. But when I did my research, um, that showed up uh, as the first time that essence came up in one of our, in one of our sessions. So later on in, in that year, in October of 28, um, sessions, um, the essence came up as we started working on core issues. So for me, core was always uh, very confusing because I, I never could find my core. I didn't know how many pieces it was in, if it was all in my body or out of my body. And so um, we started exploring the origins of my soul. And um, it was then that I got the very first glimpse of events that happened before my conception. And um, this was a just a really 
strange concept for me because I had always, in all my work previously, I had always uh, assumed that my history started at my conception. And um, in this session, we found out that wasn't true. So I saw part of my spirit being pirated away on its way to conception. And I knew that some part of my original self from God did not make it to the conception event. I saw a snapshot of Lucifer before his fall, and I felt connected to that in a personal way. I recognized that there was a joining of my essence to Lucifer's spirit before the fall. Uh, this was all just totally foreign material to me. And I had no idea. I, I didn't even know what to make of it all. But it was coming forth. Jesus was there. The information was coming. So I, I learned pretty quickly that as this information comes up, and I don't understand it, I can put it on the shelf. And a lot of times Jesus will double back <laughs> later and add to it or clarify things or uh, make it make it more clear. So I saw the essence of God and the essence of Lucifer joining together to form my spirit. And I really did not understand that concept at all at that time. It seemed like I was actually seeing my spiritual conception before my natural conception happened. I saw it in the spirit as a Y, as the letter Y like X, Y, Z, Y. And so I saw God's divine essence was on one side of the branch of the Y and Lucifer's divine essence before the fall was on the other side of the Y. The two combined into, into the stem of the Y, which I saw as death. I felt like this had, had created a spirit of death within me while I was still in the form of essence. So this was all coming down into my, uh, into my conception event. While we were doing this work, a spirit of death appeared in my spiritual seeing. And Jesus was right there. And he grabbed that spirit of death by the throat, threw it on the ground at his feet. And I heard Dan in the background, because I always have my eyes closed when I'm doing this work. And I heard Dan praying in the background. And as Dan prayed, I saw that spirit being cut up into pieces uh, and, uh, and done away with. So Jesus threw, <laughs> threw him down by the neck and Dan finished him off. <laughs> and uh, so after that session, some more information came forth on my own. And I saw that the two essences formed a spiritual tree within me. There was a tree of life, which God builds through the word, prayer, and relationship. There was a tree of death, which Lucifer and the cult built within uh, through programs and lies. And uh, this conflict between life and death causes uh, confusion at my core. And so the thoughts from this, the world systems, uh, wrap all of this up uh, to add more confusion to the whole mess. You're shaking your head. Does that make sense to you, Daniel? <laughs> well, it, I mean, cause I was there and I was part of it, obviously, 
you know, as you're sharing, people are going different places in their heads. Like, what, what does this mean for me? A lot of folks um, really struggle with feeling like, what if Satan really is my father, though? Especially survivors that come from heavy cult backgrounds and certain bloodlines. They, they recognize there's this like indwelling evil, right? And it seems to be absolutely anchored to their existence and personhood. So they're, they're, they're you know, what you're describing becomes a really, uh, for those individuals, um, challenging thought, right? What does this mean for me? And, and, and what is possible, you know, as, as we're looking at what happens before conception? And, and the thing is, uh, what Jen is, I, I think, really getting at, friends, is that <laughs> essence, as, as in life, is targeted before we are conceived. And uh, Lucifer is, is, is part of an ongoing conspiracy against God that spans millennia. And because our spirits uh, explicitly do not have an origin point at conception, uh, nor does our existence, therefore, life, there's a lot of territory that we have not considered as, as grounds for the reasons why people have the challenges in their life that they do here. And what Jan is describing is the, the visuals that she got that pressed her into some of this information. I think as we continue to talk, more clarity is going to come to those of you that are listening. But um, you are doing a great job, Jan. So just continue telling the story. Okay. Well, like I said before, I never even considered that there was anything before conception. Um, I thought that was the beginning of all of me was uh, the conception event. So um, when I heard this information and saw these images coming forth, um, I knew I was breaking a lot of rules that I'd learned about in, in the churches over the years. And so this ended up being just one of the paradigm shifts that I've undergone while working uh, on these issues in sessions through these last four years. And there's been a lot of them, but this one especially was a big one for me. Um, so I'm going to skip ahead now till March of 2019. So this is a year into my counseling, uh, counseling and I was doing weekly sessions with you. Uh, two hours every week. And so there was a lot of other materials covered uh, in that time. But this was the next time that the essence came up. And we were beginning to do uh, more work at that time in uh, the cosmos. And later, I found out that a lot of my history has to do with um, uh, issues in the cosmos on other planets, uh, in, other, in other areas. So I usually had no idea where I would, where I was, or I would just find myself in the sessions as Jesus 
took me someplace. I would find myself in a location. Usually I would be uh, on a hill or on a stage or someplace overlooking a scene. And then Jesus would be there with me and he would start either telling me about things or I would start seeing the things that were uh, that he wanted me to see. So um, this day, Jesus took me to an area that I knew was far, far out in the cosmos. And I saw an array of boxes and they were all uh, in files and rows. And there were like, it looked like there were millions of them. They looked like really huge caskets. They were black. And um, so I started asking Jesus what this was all about. And he said that they were, that we were in a place called outer darkness. And Marduk was the king overseeing this territory. There were names on the caskets and the names were the names of chosen ones. And I knew by this time that chosen ones were, was the term that was used for those souls that are in the earth that will be activated during the new world order in, in times. And I had known that since um, really the late 80s, early 90s. So um, Jesus told me that the names were stolen from God's list of creation by Lucifer because of the iniquity from, from their bloodlines. And this allows him to be able to steal the essence from those chosen ones. Um, the names applied to the boxes were peeled off as needed before birth. The names assigned in preconception rituals for me was Deborah. So I had known for a long time that Deborah was a name my mother had told me some years before that it was a name that she had planned on giving me. And at the very last minute before I was born, she changed my name to Jeanette. But I had always wondered if that name Deborah had come from God and that if it was not supposed to be my real name and it was actually the name of my core. So this had been a question I'd had for some years. And um, so the cults also believe that this is a place of destiny. This place in outer darkness where these caskets were is a place of destiny for chosen ones in the end, at the end of time. And um, this is also considered Lucifer's, Lucifer's uh, army for the end time. And the chosen ones had birthrights stolen and destinies sealed here. So as the essence was coming in, Lucifer steals the ones that are identified as chosen ones, steals their birthrights, steals their destinies, and places them by labeling these boxes. Um, I had known that I was a chosen one since the early 90s, and I think it was uh, because of the work of uh, Dust Dis Russ Distar had uh, written about this, and I had read and recognized that it was something that I had within my system. Mm -hmm. So Dan prayed, and Marduk was chained in a box, and he thro was thrown into the deep. And Jesus said that, he, that Marduk would remain there until the day of judgment. And um, the souls were rescued out of the rest of those boxes and the boxes were destroyed that day. So that was the work that we did um, on that. But I still didn't understand who Deborah really was. 
and I didn't understand uh, really exactly how all of that process worked with the essence coming in. So in November of uh, 2019, we came across a story about a, a part of me that was only essence that had been stolen while the essence was coming in before conception. And that essence was used to create a part of me that was set up as a queen on uh, Jupiter. I've talked about this in a previous podcast. So if you look back for Jupiter and Queen Isabella, you'll find this story. So I'm not gonna go into that here. But um, Jesus reported that day that Isabella was neither soul or spirit, but that she was essence. And um, that's probably a pretty good reason to clean, cleanse our, brand, our bloodlines. And I think Dan has a prayer for that, maybe, <laughs> for cleansing the bloodlines. Let me, <laughs> we were saying now uh, in our bride tribe community, it's called hashtag, we got prayers for that. <laughs> please continue <laughs> so that day um the holy spirit gave me some more information on on that story of the essence he said that uh, god's heart is a garden that contains spiritual seeds of man and lucifer was so close to god in the beginning that he was able to sow corruption into the garden creating dark seeds and then Lucifer fell. And man's spirit comes into the conception event with the Ruach of God, which is the, the spirit of God. And Lucifer can identify this corruption of ancestral iniquity and shave off this part of the essence for his own purposes. So he recognizes the, uh, the ancestral iniquity that's carried in on the essence to our, to our conception event. This corruption or iniquity causes man's spirit to be separated from God's spirit at birth. So um, this creates a pretty big um, split in, uh, as I understood it, in, in the uh, spirit as it comes in. Um, the iniquity allows us to connect with other factions of the kingdom of darkness in a unique way, which is valuable to Satan and the cults. So God has allowed this and provided a way of redemption, not only for every man, but the earth and for all of creation through Jesus and his so, sacrifice. Let me just kind of backpedal a little bit here. Um, with this, Jan, were you convinced at this point uh, that your spirit had a, an, an iniquity attached to her before your conception? Um, after this session, I think I was more ready to accept that notion. Before that, I knew that I carried iniquity from my ancestors, but I didn't know where it came from. And I think I had always assumed that it came after my birth, that somehow they influenced that, that part of my spirit after my birth. So all of the, everything that I was learning at this time that was preconception 
was totally new information for me. So a lot of it, I just had to set on the shelf because it really didn't match up with the things I'd been taught. And uh, so. Go on. <laughs> so um, during this session, I also found out that my spirit was captured during a war in heaven during the fall of Lucifer. Now this part was really a lot harder to, to accept. My spirit was a prisoner and a slave to Lucifer before the renewal of the earth and the fall of man. I had had an experience in uh, 95 where I had uh, animal spirits, 27 of them, delivered from my body. And they were full body manifestations and they were ancient animals, very ancient. I didn't even recognize most of them. And I asked the father about that after it happened. It was an all night event. And um, he told me that they were cursive spirits from before the fall. And at that time, I was a new Christian. And I had always been taught that, you know, Adam and Eve were the beginning, <laughs> that there was nothing before Adam and Eve. So that was one concept that I had to set on a, a big shelf <laughs> uh, because I didn't dare say that to any of my Christian friends because they would always correct me on that, you know. So uh, that sat on the shelf for very many years. You know, you, you, you're getting it in, in, into a territory, Jen. And, 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 and this is why I, I love having a podcast. Because podcast gives me the bandwidth to explore things um, that need to be explored, talked about in a slightly less, uh, uh, what do you call it, offensive way than just getting up there and preaching it right out. And so, but, but this is the thing, you know, um, over the years, I, I came across several mindsets and philosophies on, on things. One of them suggested that humans are fallen angels that that was the theory it's like well humans are really these fallen angels that get a body and then they get to process through this redemptive thing in the earth and they could be reconciled to god which to me didn't make any sense um considering like a, a number of things that i had been taught and believed at the time but later on even in my own experience where i i, I connected with my spirit man and even got some memories back and never perceived part of that to be a, a a deviation from alignment with god and and um yet i met others and by others i don't mean jen other i mean others that ran into this conundrum like it feels like my spirit is saying they were he or she in some kind of um, imprisonment, in some kind of alignment having to do with Lucifer before I was born, all of them bloodliners. Um, that seems to be pretty much the pattern. They were clients of mine. And, and I didn't know what to tell folks. I mean, you know, we're all kind of journeying and, and growing and learning. And, 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 and then I just realized 
there is a lot more to the story. It's not just one thing or another. It's not just like, oh, we're all fallen angels, like working our salvation out. Or, you know, everyone was 100% holy serving God before we come in and get a body. It's like, there's a whole backstory that leads up to a conception event involving a spirit that has its origin point in the life of Jesus Christ. And this radical part of the conversation hasn't been on the table and unfortunately, there's a lot of bondage that folks are sourcing from this black box of information. And, um, you know, it's not so easy to get all the pieces of the puzzle, but we're talking about it. We're talking about one person's experience. And so, you know, Jan, I, I'm, I'm just putting all that out there. Please continue. Wow. You know, it was through this uh, information that came forth about the fall of Lucifer that I recognized that my spirit knew about things that happened back then, which was a, you know, mind blower right there. But it, but also during that session was the, the introduction to a term called the shining one which at that time did not make any, I mean, I didn't even think twice about it. It made no sense. I'd never heard it before. And, but I found it in my notes when I went back to prepare for this podcast, that that was the first time it came up in my work. Um, so that was in 2019. And uh, it would be two years before I would start understanding what that concept was all about. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. So moving ahead in March of 2020, I started working on uh, some parts of me that I called me, myself, and I. And um, they had been with me from the very beginning when I first met all my parts, but they were different than my other parts. And they were tied to the actual names me as a pronoun, myself as a pronoun, and I as a pronoun. So when I was speaking to someone, like I would like to go to the store, sometimes I would have a special spiritual weight on it that was recognizable to me internally, but I could never get a hold of it. I never knew that where that spiritual weight was coming from so i had been trying to get deliverance from these three parts for years because i knew there was something about them that wasn't right but i could not i could not find the source of it i i didn't know who they were i couldn't talk to them they were just there and uh it turned out that they part they uh, were part of the some of the ai programming that i got so um, um, so in March of 2020, the Lord started revealing the origin of these parts to myself during our sessions. And um, this, again, involved a case of stolen essence. So me, I found out that me, myself, and I was a universal program used for chosen ones slated for this work that the Illuminati planned for the end times. So these parts formed a false soul matrix and um, they were formed from stolen essence taken from the soul, which was shattered just after birth. 
So whereas a lot of this, um, this information that I've just talked about came from essence stolen from the spirit before the conception event, this actually was stolen from the essence in the soul after the birth. So the program was reinforced by common language using these pronouns. So that, that's actually part of the program. That's why they chose these names, because in our common language that we use every day, the programming is constantly being um, reinforced. So um, AI enhancement of this program was added uh, in Colorado to me at age seven. So that was um, the time that I was doing, uh, that I had been sent to Colorado Springs and I came in contact with Mingala and he started uh, his programming on me in that, that uh, government facility in Colorado Springs. But this work was done uh, with my, my body, I believe, was in that facility. It could have been my astral, but I think it was my body. But my soul was in the astral on Mars at the time this program was installed. And so, I always like to bring this up, Jan, when you're sharing, just to give people a frame of reference, because everybody thinks, oh, you know, <laughs> we're getting the latest and greatest tech now. We have VR goggles. Like, hold on a second. What year was it when you were uh, seven? And you were getting an artificial intelligence enhancement of the programming. Uh, that would have been around 1956. Okay. Um, according to my reference point, I didn't even have my TI-86 calculator by then. So <laughs> <laughs> that seems like ancient tech. Oh my gosh. Daniel, I don't think you were born. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So... Uh, please continue. <laughs> um, I believe it's a universal program used to program the chosen ones again for the end times. And so Dan prayed and I saw many program connections being destroyed at that time. And the Lord called them. And I thought this was interesting. The Lord called them a thousand points of light. And uh, a few years ago, we had a president who talked about the thousand points of light uh, on a broadcast that he did. So I don't, I don't know if there's a connection to that. I did find out a year later after this work was done that, um, that there were rituals done on a planet in the star system of Orion called the thousand points of light. So it was a ritual that was done that I was involved in and part of. So um, we had more prayers that day and all of that got resolved. And from that day on, I never had a problem with me, myself, or I. So in August of 21, we were, I had always had two presenters. One was Jeanette from the time I was young. And, uh, up through my teenage years and even into my late 20s. And then I had a presenter called Jan. And so um, I had been aware of this since 1990 when I first met all my parts. And um, so 
Jeanette had been missing for a number of years. And uh, Jeanette was actually my birth name. Jan was a nickname that I picked up uh, when I was about, uh, how old was I? 20, about 22 uh, when I was in Europe. So Jeanette had uh, shared that presenter position all of those years with the part I, which was the AI part. So she was found in 1990 during a session of hypnosis that I was doing with a psychologist at the time. And uh, she was found under a rock and I knew that she had been severely burned. And I was so terrified when I recognized that that was my presenter and she was buried under this rock in the desert that I wouldn't even go there at all. And so that was left uh, in place until Dan and I started working on it in August of 21. So I had several parts named Jan, I think at least four. Uh, so I'm still not sure how many of those were presenters or how many were just parts that were in my system. Um, but in 1979, I came home from the military and Jan, um, Jan was uh, the presenter at that time. And we had a local cult leader that had been um, kind of out of touch with me for a number of years. And when I moved back into the area, he wanted me to start working for them again in job, local jobs for the cult. But the CIA already had me under contract for some work that I was, that I'd been doing with them for uh, several years through the military and through my time in Europe. And so um, the local leader uh, decided that he would just abduct me and torture me until I would comply. And he ended up killing all the parts that night. And I think I talked about this on one of my podcasts, my earlier podcasts. But um, he put me back um, with John, one of my parts was uh, the new presenter. But John had never been a presenter before, so John couldn't really handle the job. And um, after about three or four days back home, all my parts are dead because of the torture. John's there alone as a presenter. The CIA sends someone in and they build a new Jan, completely programmed, ready to go in the presenter position. So that Jan took over the body from 1979 until present day. And so um, our goal that day in our session was to bring Jeanette, who had already been resurrected from the place in the de desert where she was buried, to bring her and Jan together uh, to form one solid presenter. And- no. uh, I just want everybody to understand when she says Jeanette was buried in the desert. Uh, if anyone is confused, she's referring to the actual soul part that is named Jeanette. That that in the astral plane, if you were to go to that spot in the desert per se, you'd see her soul under a rock. There, that would be what you would 
fine. It's it wasn't physical because her physical body was with her the whole time, getting programmed by the CIA among other groups. And uh, just so that no one's confused, please continue. Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> Sometimes I just run off imagining that everybody knows know, what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, people people could have different frames of reference to us. It's like, you know, Jan, oh girl, I got a clone. <laughs> I know what they did to those clones. I got different kinds of copies and duplicates and replicas, and digital twins and uploads. Like I just, you just got to tell me what realm you're talking about because we got, I hear you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank this, you. This is oh, the thing. We, we, we spend too much time in this weird zone. I, let's say when you get out of the false reality overlay, my friends, you, you get, it gets comfortable out there. Y'all, y'all need to. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we're gonna get a mug it's gonna say y'all ain't ready like that i i, I one of these shows i'm gonna have this mug on it's gonna say y'all ain't ready you know just anyway all right please continue i am so sorry i love that i'm gonna just keep on going here <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> At this point, Jeanette had been offline as a presenter for 40 years, under a rock, burned up to a crisp. Mm. And uh, her, when she came back on board through your work with me, Daniel, her, the fractals of her spirit were a mess. They were all just torn up. And uh, Jesus came in and took them all, took them all and uh, started working, rehabbing them because they were such a mess. And uh, the, the Holy Spirit told me that he was leaving a spirit of wisdom and, revela wisdom and revelation, I believe it was, in their place to, to do the work that they were supposed to be doing. Mm. So anyway, they were gone for months and months and months. And then when they came back, I, one night I was getting ready to go to bed and I could just see Jesus was baptizing all those fractiles. <laughs> and uh, so they were all fresh and new when they came back. So we were ready to start um, start doing the work of combining Jeanette and Jan, except that Jan had some issues of her own <laughs> and that had to be cleansed off. And she had death and uh, a slave identity. And she had a lot of magic overlays and she had this iniquity force that was all on top of her. So that, you know, that all needed prayer and cleansing before, uh, before those two could be put back together. And uh, these attachments on Jan had been made again on the essence coming in before birth. So um, it's still not clear if these were issues for Jeanette or Jan, I guess. But I think at the time I thought they were for Jan because that's who we were working with. But um, we would also find out later that there was uh, AI components that had been added to Jan for control purposes. And this was several months later, if I remember, that we found out about the AI components who were involved with her. So as a chosen one, Satan had a legal right to partition and steal the essence. So this was another piece of information that we we kind of gleaned out of that uh, session that there was a, actually a legal right that he had to the essence 
because of the um, because that I was uh, identified as a chosen one because of my inheritance through the kings of the earth and my bloodline. So I, I just added this little piece in because I thought it was fun when it came up was that Jesus started uh, explaining the essence and how it worked as a pomegranate and a pomegranate seeds that has all the seeds of God's creation and his plan for my life are in those seeds, just like a pomegranate has seeds. And so out of curiosity, I, I knew that pomegranates were in the Bible and that they were part of the, the temple and the, the decorations and all that. So I looked them up and the first reference I found on it said that a pomegranate has 613 seeds and there are that number of commandments in the Torah. And I thought, well, that, that's an interesting little piece of information that <laughs> nobody <laughs> talked about from the pulpit. <laughs> So anyway, it really didn't, I found, since then I found other references, it says it has more seeds, but that one was, the, that's the one I found that day. I mean, I'm sure there's a pomegranate out there with exactly 613 seeds. I mean, I, that's quite tedious. I've eaten a pomegranate before and it's like, you're, you're tired enough just getting the seeds out. <laughs> it's like, whoever got around and counted them, you know, props to you. That That's really cool though. That, man. Okay. Oh my goodness. So uh, we're moving up to August of uh, 2021 now, last year. And so after this um, working with Jan and Jeanette, I decided to start letting uh, Jeanette come forward in the sessions. We never got a, a full uh, uh, integration between uh, Jeanette and Jan. And I, frankly, I don't even remember why, <laughs> but, but we continue to work with Jeanette and Jan separately, but the decision was made to start letting Jeanette uh, come in and do the sessions because we were trying to bring her back on board as a, as the presenter. So, um, and so the, the essence, the essence uh, concept also started expanding. Uh, once we started doing that work. So essence, this is the stuff that I found out during August of 21 was that the essence comes from the heart of God and it's light energy. Mm. And Jesus said to think of it as a battery, an energy source for soul and spirit. Essence contains spiritual DNA, which contains God's codes. And Satan stockpiles stolen essence to build his kingdom of darkness. Satan uses the tin plate of essence to build out souls to serve his own purposes. Satan pro reprograms part of essence by overlaying God's codes with Satan's own corrupted versions. And Jesus said, essence contains the record of generational iniquity. When Satan's chip is removed god's original code will come forth and destiny can be restored which just told me it's pretty important that we get our essence cleared off <laughs> and get the iniquity uh, removed from the essence i recognize that i had many parts in the cosmos and stolen essence and in, in satan's codes i asked jesus to collect the codes from those parts 
And there was a quantum connection between those parts with the essence that had been stolen in my core. Angels collected all the codes embedded in the stolen essence, which was throughout the cosmos. And the connection between those composite parts was broken and Dan prayed and cleared up the rest of the mess. And I think you might've used your essence prayer on that, maybe. I don't remember specifically. I don't know. I don't remember when I wrote that, Jan, but uh, certainly we were getting there. <laughs> if we didn't get there yet, we were getting there. If you haven't heard the essence prayer, it's a must read. <laughs> a must pray. So uh, moving forward to September of 21 and Many years ago, my mother had told me, and I mentioned this earlier, that, that she had planned to call me Deborah and changed her mind at the last minute. So my birth name was Jeanette, and, uh, and I wasn't really that fond of the name of Jeanette. I always wanted a nickname and finally picked that up when I was in Europe and called myself Jan from there on out. But um, since finding out about my history and becoming a Christian, I had begun to wonder if maybe I should change my name to Deborah because at that time I thought maybe Deborah was my God-given name. And so um, this issue came up uh, with this session in, in uh, September of 21. And um, so I was asking Jesus if this was the name that God had given me, or if this was a name that had been given to me by the cult. And so, and I also wanted to know if Deborah was the true original core. And, uh, and so I asked Jesus and he, and um, he talked to me about the, a name when a name is given to a person and it's the name of an important person in the Bible, which Deborah was a judge and uh, a warrior in the Bible. And I always connected to that in some way, but I still didn't know if it was coming from programming or if it was actually coming from God's purposes in my life. So Jesus told me at that time that, that uh, the spirit of Deborah in the Bible was part of a tin plate of my essence and that it was a gift of inheritance from Father God, and that names of people like Deborah who serve God in a special way is an inheritance from God. So when we're giving given names that are biblical names, it's an inheritance from God. And Satan can see that imprint from that name that's on our essence. And so he'll steal that name and build corruption on it, like he does with everything. God has. So uh, Jesus said, sometimes we walk in the shoes of the essence God gives us, and sometimes we kick them off and we go our own way. I thought that was kind of interesting. So I've always been drawn to spiritual warfare as a Christian, and I operated as a high witch uh, in Isabella, at least in Isabella, probably others. Um, and this By helped the me. Way, uh, friends, Isabella was one of Jan's alternate personalities, just <laughs> for the record. 
Yes. And she was a queen. And a queen. Aren't yes. you? <laughs> very, very arrogant queen, if I remember correctly. Yes. Very, yes. Yes. <laughs> quite, a, quite a warrior. <laughs> um, so this helped me to understand how we can be equipped by God for our assignments uh, and also be uh, used of Satan, that those same gifts can be stolen and used of Satan, uh, just like Isabella was used as a high witch. So um, Dan asked if there were more high witch parts. And the answer to that was yes. And there were many composite beings uh, containing this Deborah identity on my essence. And they had been stolen and corrupted and um, used in other composite beings. So again, Dan had a prayer for that. And uh, we took care of that whole mess. <laughs> So, okay, so now I'm up to November of 21. And, uh, man, and this is where there really began to be a picking up of pace of like the, the, the frequency of how often essence was showing up in our sessions. Mm -hmm. Some really fascinating stuff began to come out of this, but more than, I mean, even what we've been talking about. I, I mean, really fascinating keys, really intriguing concepts that would be awful if left to another podcast. What kind of a host would do that, Jan? Pause here at this point in this conversation and make the entire listening audience wait for the rest of this fascinating information a couple weeks me y'all ain't ready you know you signed up for this is this this is what we do here at discovering truth with dan DePaul. no good story is without a good cliffhanger jan you've done an amazing job we're gonna be back soon enough with the rest of this story. And friends, I'm gonna tell you what's even worse. If we're wearing the same outfits, it's because we recorded the rest of this podcast the same day. But for you, you get the special privilege of enjoying. The, you know, they say that um, separation makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> <laughs> So until next time, my friends, God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Visit me at dandevall.com where you'll discover merch, books, and the opportunity to engage in our private social network. Join the tribe by subscribing to our email list and supporting this podcast.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.